Yes, very nice. I give it a little kiss. The fishy, the frishy, frishy little fishy, <laughs> giving it a kiss on the little fishy, on the little dishy. Let it out. Whoa, it's that loud. Yes. Original, original sound Whoa. with a fishy on a dishy. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> We're That's on. the beginning. Yeah. Wow. So that was uh, that was Tag's fishy fish ballad. Yeah, it was brilliant. It's a uh, very Halloween. Halloween kind of it's song. Spooky. <laughs> Off the cuff spooky. Welcome back everyone to Tonight with Bob and Joe. It is tonight Welcome. with Thomas Nagovin. Brilliant. Um, we are going to talk to uh, a, a director on his uh, incredible avant-garde cowboy Nazi alien fusion. I can't wait to hear more about it. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Um, how long has it been since our last episode, Joe? It's hard to tell now. I think it's been a week or so. <laughs> it's been no, it's been usually I think it's a long about mysterious yeah. week. A very last uh, time we were yeah. In the manor in Bromland, uh, in the palace. I'd love to say I remember it well, but to be honest, Joe, I don't. No, I think we were building some sort of moon outside <laughs> with with twigs. Painting a large papier-mâché disco ball. We'll speak more about that one day. <laughs> one day, yeah, yeah. In our bitter memoirs yeah. about the Brummy Brummy Kingdom. What have we got going tonight? Um, yeah, so tonight we're going to be we're going to be doing uh, introducing a new uh, segment of the show called Tag Time. Yes. We're going to be playing another Stein or Steen, and we're going to be hearing a, a, a very spooky alien story for story time. Yeah, we've got some cool songs as well. We've got some country and western. We've got some country and western, um, some experimental stuff. Never thought I'd hear myself say that. I know. You know today's <laughs> the day, Joe. Today's the day. Um, uh, but in the meantime, we should, uh, lest we keep the man waiting, we should talk to Thomas, give him a call, find out about his new film and his Kickstarter. Yes. Fantastic. Let's do it. Hello, is that Thomas? It is. Hey, how, how are you, you man? It's, it's it's Bob and Joe with the Tonight and Bob and Show. Joe, shut up. I couldn't say my own show. How are you? You all right? <laughs> how are you? You all right? Yeah. Um, Very good. How's the Kickstarter going, man? How's the, how's the film going at the moment? Um, not great. Right, okay. Not great. It's a little slow. It's a little slow. So where, where are you at the moment? Yeah. You, you've got about 14,000, is that right, in the Kickstarter? Yeah, that is correct. That's that's that pretty correct. good. That's going. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, in order to make all of the materials that we want to, meaning the vinyl release and uh, stuff like that, and then get through the final uh, editing things that we mm. need to. That that thirty-five thousand dollar goal is a real number. Mm. It's not padded. So, you know, every day when I think, oh man, it's going so slowly. I do have to wake up and say, you know, but people, there's $14,000. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's something. That, that's a lot. That's definitely. And I think you know, that, 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 that not only shows the compassion of the people who know about your project, um, but also people's real sort of willingness and interest in that specific kind of idea. I mean, something about Aurora, like I sort of, sort of vaguely been talking to Joe about the plot. Yeah. But you've got you've got Nazis, you've got cowboys, you've got um, avant-garde <laughs> experimental uh, Genesis P. Orange monster sounds. I mean, this is a really unique project. Yeah. So what's what's basically happened? And I'm glad you could find time for me on your. Uh... Nazi time traveling wild west <laughs> and monster episode because I knew there were a lot of uh, people ahead of me. Uh, so <laughs> you say all that in line. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so what, what basically happened is that when I showed it to someone 
and wow. immediately got a text and said, oh my God, that trailer is fucking awesome. Nice. And I said, can I quote you on that? He's like, let me come up with something a little more quotable. <laughs> <laughs> so when I show it to creative people, they're losing their minds. And all I'm finding is just that in, in 2017, mm. uh, getting any digital signal above the noise of you know, catastrophe and politics and yeah. things like that is just really is really hard. So mm. the, the reactions have been, uh, which this is good for me emotionally, the reactions have been universally positive. Yeah. But when you look at the back end on Kickstarter, just people just aren't clicking to yeah. come to it. So my mission at this point is just to try to get it in front of as many people as I can. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, it's am I correct in saying that Aurora's been? I mean, you've 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 been retweeted by Guillermo del Toro and and Kevin J O'Connor as yeah. well. I mean, that's... Uh, Kevin O'Connor. I don't think he has a Twitter. Oh that right, guy, sorry. <laughs> but he said I something about the film, he, right? He, yeah, he gave us a great quote, but he's so the first time I ever called him. So we actually grew up together in no Chicago. Way. No way. And I we didn't really know each other back then. We had uh, one of my really good friends was his best friend, and, and he was a few years older than me. So, you know, when you're in high school, mm. you don't cross paths as much if you're five years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when we, when we grew up, and I you know, he, he left Chicago really early, you know, while, while I was still in high school. And yeah. But two years later, when we connected, uh, I remember calling him on the phone and being shocked that he still had one of those answering machines <laughs> and still had the tape. You know what I mean? Like where you hear the thing click and the tape just go. He had that retro futurism six months ago. <laughs> yeah, he is not a tech guy. Unbelievably sweet and very smart man. What, uh, not what, what guy. about uh, with Gimo? Uh, you it's not him. Tom, how did how did Guillermo del Toro find out about Aurora? Um, Guillermo is uh, he's actually bought uh, some Gail Pataki paintings, <laughs> and Gail was one of the artists that did a uh, poster for Aurora. Okay. And so Guillermo is just is also another. He's a huge champion of creative people mm. and uh, and practical special effects uh, as well, right? I, yeah, practical effects, all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I was really honored that he saw it and, uh, and and retweeted it. That was very. Wait, can I can I ask you, Tom, as well? Cool. Like, how did you how did you develop the story of Aurora? How did you come up with the idea for the project? I'm a huge fan of uh, <clears throat> like weird, real things in history. Like I love mm. stories when I was a kid where you would read about. Uh, you know, I don't know, like Resurrection Mary or the Winchester House or things course, where there Winchester Mystery were House, stories yeah. that had, yeah, yeah, so things that had like, you know, these weird uh, components to them. But as an adult, a lot of those stories wouldn't hold the same sway over me. <laughs> yeah. You would read books when you were a kid, and it's mm. like, yeah. this must be otherworldly. Mm. And so my buddy and I had read about <clears throat> this, uh, which is true, the first. Uh, UFO crash in American history in Aurora mm. and he showed me this newspaper clip he said did you know about this and funnily enough for a guy that is into what I'm into I didn't know about it <laughs> and I said well that's really bizarre and he's like this we should do a story about this and so his kind of 
challenge to me, which is fun. And, and my, my buddy Aaron is really, really uh, brilliant and, and a great, great writer. Mm. And in this case, I got to say, when most most of the times when he writes, he comes up with a great twist, and great things. But in this right. case, my go-to for everything, uh, I just think the best villains in the world are Nazis. And so what do you think it could have been? Especially like, now as well, the Nazis bizarrely seem even bigger villains uh, than they ever were, so it's really topical. Well, you know, it's really, I mean, it's very tragic that mm. when we started writing this story two years ago, it was really safe to say that uh, it was so deeply in the past that you, know, you could say this is like the ultimate villain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the sort of Nazi imagery as well. I just wanted to ask you as well, Tom, though, in terms of the sort of more avant-garde side of things with the project, a lot of it seems pretty far out and sort of kind of a Jodorowsky surrealist, but I wanted to ask you about um, your relationship with uh, to, to Genesis Peorage and what they within the project with the monster voices and stuff. Yeah, I wasn't sure uh, which to use. Sorry, no, sorry about that. But, but that means, no, but that means you know a lot. Because, <laughs> you know, a lot of people will say, he, he, he. And it's like, and then when they say they, it's like, ah, uh, you're a fan. Two <laughs> yeah. days ago, because I said to a mutual friend of ours, you know, Jen was going by Genesis Briar Peorage. And I said, I noticed that Jen's been signing things Genesis Peorage again. And I, you know, is there something, I didn't want to ask Jen directly in case it was sensitive. And I guess that at the end of, the 10-year anniversary of uh, Lady J's passing. Of course, yeah. Jen then has uh, kind of reabsorbed, like, for the next decade uh, of just being Genesis Peoria mm-hmm. right. again. Okay. Don't quote me on that. That was what uh, someone very close to Jen had told me, but mm-hmm. I'm sharing that with you as a mutual fan that mm-hmm. I have now readapted my, <laughs> my addressing. But is that, Tom, is that, is that, is that how, did you meet uh, Jen through, through Throbbing Gristle or through performance or I, how was No, I did not. I, so my friend, me, uh, her name is the M-E-E, uh, is a violinist. She's played with Smashing Pumpkins and oh. um, Slade and a bunch of great bands. Right. And she, mm. I had a gallery in Chicago and she said, hey, you have to meet my friend, Jen. Jen's coming through uh, with her their band at the time there, and I uh, was, was not familiar with Saki. I knew the name, Robbie Gristle. Mm-hmm. I knew the name. Uh, a little bit about Jen, and I thought, oh my God, is this person going to trash my gallery? Like, just like <laughs> terrible. You know what I mean? Like hearing yeah. all the angry voices. So then Jen comes in, 
my experience with Jen has been just like the Earth Mother energy. Wow. So Jen immediately just enveloped me in all of this love. Very, very sweet. And uh, I hit it off really well with Alice, the bass player, mm. uh, in, in the band, and really love her. And so Jen uh, became a fan of Gail Pataki's paintings, who's my best friend, and mm. that's near more connection. And, right. and mm. so Jen uh, just has been really receptive to what I do, like really, uh, you know, loves the books I publish, loves the symbols stuff that I represent, and uh, just one of those situations where whatever it is that I did, whatever life decisions I made, uh, have made me very attractive mm-hmm. to Jen, and so when I asked Jen, hey, would you, this is completely crazy, would you want to be the voice of this monster, <laughs> uh, which, you know, I, everybody that I approached about this, I was kind of, I had to coach it a little bit, like, this isn't really going to be a strange question, but, <laughs> and uh, she said yes immediately, she said absolutely, and it worked out that she was going to be in LA in a couple days, and uh, wow. the whole thing literally in 72 hours just fell together. And wow. So, do you know, how, really how did, did you sort of give Jen autonomy on creating the language of the monster and and sort of creating those sounds, or how, how did that process work? So I... Um, I'm definitely am a huge fan of letting creative people do their thing. Of course, yeah. So I, I gave Jen a very, very, very minimal uh, direction, mm-hmm. just in the sense of, um, hey, this is what we're doing, this is what the footage looks like, and this is what the creature is really thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I we tried to not give too much away in the story, but I, I will tell you that <clears throat> the, the creature, you think it's an animal, and then what you learn is, no, 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 it's... It's something it absolutely, else. Yeah, I mean, it's an intelligent creature. It stands mm-hmm. up and starts talking. So then... Um, I just said to Jen, again, making it easy, I said, we're going to do some Burroughs cut-up stuff with it, we'll play it backwards, forwards. Nice. So just, you know, whatever noises you want to make, whatever you want to do. And that was as low as I set the bar. And then what Jen did uh, was, abs- I mean, she wrote this stream of dialogue mm. that was had a bunch of things in it that uh, were parts of lyrics, fragments of lyrics, but it was, it was vicious. That's like, amazing. I, I wish I could. It was really vicious. <laughs> like, like, I was rolling on the floor thinking, oh, my God, I hope you're never mad at me. Like, because the insult, because she's supposed to be yelling at the Nazi, the creature is. And so the street of were like, oh, my God. Wow. And so take on it was that she, uh, I mean, she literally just delivered it literally thinking, look, when you guys distort it, cut it up to whatever, the sentiment will be appropriate. This actual, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, she hit it out of the park. It's so cool. Good Lord, man. I can't, I literally can't wait to, to hear how that sounds in the actual film itself. Yeah, what? I mean, you know, part of it is just we can just play it forward <laughs> yeah. because it's so cool, but it doesn't, I mean, it needs to be, no, it needs to no. be unrecognizable where you just 
hear little fragments of things that sound like words, but when I listen, it's like I want it to be my ringtone. <laughs> people call me because my phone starts screaming terrible, terrible insults. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Well, we'll just, but before, before we end the interview, I wanted to ask because as you were saying at the beginning of the conversation, you know, you have raised so much money so far through the Kickstart, you know, 14000 but it's an all-or-nothing campaign, is that right? Yeah, Kickstarter works on the all-or-nothing formula, mm. definitely. So does that mean that if you don't get the, is it, is it 30, 35, 34000 by the, the finished uh, date? The, uh, we are, yeah, we're, uh, yeah, 35 is the goal, and we're at like 14,076 mm. or something today. Right. So, so expecting a lot from the two of you. <laughs> we'll yeah. try our best. We'll, 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 we'll rob a couple of banks in aid of Aurora. <laughs> I'm putting it away. But, it, but that, it, it wouldn't, if you don't get to that 35,000 goal, that's not the end of the project, right? Um, it's, it's taken me two years to get to where I am today. Right. Mm. The reason for that is that this is, you know, I'm doing it after work. I'm doing it on weekends. I'm doing it literally just like pulling in favors and, yeah. and all of that stuff. So what the 35,000 does is it means that the movie is done and out before the end of the year. Right. Yeah. So if we don't hit the goal, <clears throat> it could be, who knows, it could be another year before everything is done. We're at the mm. point now where all the creative work is done. It's literally just, um, yeah, sort of post-production. Know, the black and white. Yeah. Just the, just the really weird technical stuff and things like making the posters and the records yeah. and the discs. Well, oh, well, that. Thomas. All I can say is, it sounds like such an incredible project, absolutely, yeah, and such a unique and brilliant oh, idea. Thank you so much. I, uh, I, I, I hope one day I get to see it in the, on the big screen uh, myself, and I just can't wait to watch the film, man. I appreciate it so much. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys helping me boost the signal immensely. Thank you. Oh, bless you, Thomas. Pleasure. It's been so lovely talking to you. Best of luck with everything, and uh, yeah, take Thanks, care, man. Guys. Take care of yourself. Cheers. All right. Bye, bye, buddy. Bye, bye. Wow. Well, there we go. That was great. That was really yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, it was. I, I'm, it's, a, a bit, know, I'm a little bit annoyed about the doorbell <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> you know, what can you do? Shouldn't have mentioned People it. are trying to get into buildings. That's, that's <laughs> a phenomena, a human phenomena <laughs> that, that, that we all have to it deal with every single keeps, day. It just carries on. Um, yeah, w- all I can say really is that Thomas seems like an absolutely incredible, real nice guy. Yeah, he seems like a really nice dude, doesn't he? It is a little bit fucking tragic that 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 um, they haven't been able to get a little bit more. Well, there is still time. Still how so long? Have they, you know, how, there is still so, time. So we've got about a week. Sometimes I imagine these things pick up near the end. I don't know though. I don't know anything I, about I mean, these. The, the reality these projects, is that, really. m- that maybe some, um, you know, some new producers or benefactors they'll be looking at projects that are reaching. Yeah. Um, you know, the end of their of their sort of I don't know their time on Kickstarter, and they'll think, you know what, I want to produce this. Yeah. And then suddenly, but you know, why not? Why yeah. not? If it's already got fifteen thousand or almost fifteen thousand dollars, then why not just double it up and make Absolutely. it happen? Yeah. So you know, I see no reason why not. But uh, but either so it's way, it's pretty interesting film, isn't it? It's a really fucking interesting idea. Fucking Nazis, I love the cowboys, these alien stuff. I love the fact that it's based on a on a on a real life event. One thing yeah, I really wanted so to ask Thomas as well was his own feelings on aliens. I feel bummed that I didn't ask him about that. Damn, we should call him back. I'll email him. Maybe maybe, uh, we'll email him and (laughs) find out. What's your real feelings on aliens? 
But it seems interesting as well, because it's really, it's not just about aliens, it's about cryptids. So it's essentially like a Bigfoot's a cryptid. Right, know, okay. Like, uh, so what's the... man's a cryptid, so a kind of... It's more of, of a myth. Well, like, I think it is an extraterrestrial creature from what you were saying on the phone. Yeah. But a cryptid is like something that's between, it's like chupacabra, it's between like a, nice. uh, you know, an animal and something else. And yeah, it's extraterrestrial, yeah. but it's, uh, you know, so it's really interesting. But cool. yeah, I just, uh, wow, amazing. Thanks so much for talking to us, yeah, Tom. Yeah, thanks for that, Tom. That was great. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to play a little song. Yeah. And uh, what song are we going to play? Let's play the the country and western song. Oh, this that is we great! Found that was about aliens, so sort cool. of, and God, and it's like the most experimental uh, country song yeah, that I've, yeah. I've heard yet. What's his name it's again? called Turtles All the Way, and it's by what Sturgill, are they Sturgill Sonic, I think. What they does that say? I, d- I think I've misspelled it there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but anyway, I'll we'll, we'll tell you what it is afterwards. No, no, I've got it here. You've Sturgill here. Simpson. Oh, sorry, Sturgill Simpson. <laughs> Sturgill Sonic. <laughs> yeah, that's a cooler. I'm not saying that. Sturgill, I'm not saying that like a mega drive should game. be called yeah. Sturgill Sonic, but... Turtles All the Way it. Down by Sturgill Simpson. Yeah, Sturgill Simpson. Take it away. I've seen Jesus play with flames in the lake of fire I was standing in Met the devil in Seattle Spent nine months inside the lion's den Met Booty yet another time Showed me a glowing light within But I swear that God was there Every time I go to the eyes of my best friend Since my son, it's all been done Someday gonna wake up old and gray Far beyond this place We're reptile aliens made of life Cut you open, pull out all your pain Tell me how you make illegal Something that I'm making our brain Some say you might go crazy then again, it might make you go insane. Every time I take a look inside that old fable book, blinded and reminded of the pain caused by some old man in the sky. Marijuana, Hellist, Psilocybin, DMT. The option we ask Love's the only thing that ever saved my life Don't waste your mind on nursery rhymes Fairy tales of blood and wine Turtles on the way down
Are we back? Yeah, yeah, we're back. <laughs> we're back in action. Back in um, action. And so, in how the was that? There's, so there's a really amazing music video for that that Sturgill Simpson song. Yeah, and you're saying it was it was produced entirely from AI. Yeah, it's. I think so. I think the way they've um, um, they've worked with and collaborated with some scientists and um, audio visual specialists. Uh-huh, yeah. And um, yeah, it's very. It's very cool video. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's it very cool. There's some great lyrics in it that I want to read. This one. Okay. Where reptile aliens made of light cut you open and pull out all your pain. That's incredible. It's good, that's, isn't it? That's quite. That's quite the country lyric. I know. Yeah, the country. Right yeah. Um, I just hit the microphone with my chin, by the way. So sorry, anyone could hear that. Um, so it's Scott Draves. Scott Draves. He's a software artist. Oh, that's that's yeah. the dude who actually made the video. Yeah. So he's he's put his uh, project, Electric Sheep. Uh, of course, a Philip K. Dick reference right there. It's got to be nice, exactly. Nice. Yeah. And um, yeah, it uses uh, AI. Intimate to performance effects. with synapse simulating AI generated effects. Good fucking lord. That's exactly. quite the mouthful. Amazing. Well, uh, yeah. on that note, cool. um, speaking about the reptiles cutting you open, I thought I would uh, I would uh, for this. This uh, week's story time, um, spin you a little yarn that may or may not be true, depending on your uh, on your opinion All right. on on the uh, you know the validity of these claims. But it's the story okay. of a, a pivotal event in ufology. Can we do the story time theme still? Yeah, let's just play the theme. Let's play it. Story time. Yep, that's uh, not Ewan. <laughs> it's actually. not Ewan. No, but, that, <laughs> okay. but it is story time. So this is um, maybe this deserves another. I don't know subtitle, but it's. Uh, I am reading this off Wikipedia, yeah. um, but uh, but it's good. It's good stuff, especially if you, you haven't heard of it before. It's in, it's quite interesting. But um, but uh, the spooky world of Wikipedia. The spooky spooky world of Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, but basically, so we got this uh, this this couple, 1961 September 19th. Um, and uh, and basically, this is their sort of UFO report. What's it called? What's their name? They're, they're called, sorry, Bonnie and Betty Hill. Um, nice. And uh, one of them's black, one of them's white, which, of course, I suppose, you know, in 1961, still kind of pretty radical stuff. So for those people to be coming out in America and telling people that they've literally experienced um, aliens abducting them is a pretty big deal as well. Ever more brave. Exactly, ever more brave. So, uh, so this is their story. So... The Hills, this is about 10.30pm, the Hills were driving back to Portsmouth from a vacation in Niagara Falls in Montreal. Just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, Betty claimed to have observed a bright point of light in the sky that moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter upward to the west of the moon. While Barney navigated US Route 3, Betty reasoned that she was observing a falling star, only it moved upward. Cool. Since it moved erratically and grew bigger and brighter, Betty urged Barney to stop the car for a closer look, nice. as well as to walk their dog, Delcy. That's a good name for a dog. Yeah. Uh, Barney stopped at a scenic picnic area just south of Twin Mountain. Betty, looking through binoculars, observed an odd-shaped craft on a Twin Mountain. Twin Mountain? That's twin that Mountain. Is that a Twin Peak? Twin Peaks, maybe. You know, it's worth it, yeah. Observed an... Sorry. Betty, looking through binoculars, observed an odd-shaped craft flashing multicoloured lights uh, travel across the face of the moon. Because her sister had confided to her about having a flying saucer sighting several years earlier, Betty thought it uh. might be what she was observing. Through wow, binoculars, cool. I know this is not So her family's already... Um, they've already had an experience. Cool. And now she's kind of having her first UFO experience. Through binoculars, Barney observed what he reasoned was a commercial airliner travelling toward Vermont on its way to Montreal. 
However, he soon changed his mind because without looking as if it had turned, the craft rapidly descended in his direction. This observation caused Barney to realize this object that was a plane was not a plane. He quickly returned to the car and drove toward Franconia Notch, a narrow mountainous stretch of the road. Wow. The hills claim that they continued driving on the isolated road, moving very slowly through Canconia Notch in order to observe the object as it came even closer. At one point, the object passed above a restaurant and signal tower on top of Cannon Mountain and came out near the Old Man of the Mountain, which is an incredible name for a place. Yeah, they're, that's they're, great, not, just, they're not just talking about an old man who sits by the. <laughs> <laughs> but he testified. He's, he's always by the. <laughs> he's mountain, just always there. Just he's just like there goes another UFO. That's a great name, isn't it? Uh, anyway, Betty testified that it was at least one and a half times the length of the granite cliff profile, which was 40 feet long, and it seemed to be rotating. The couple watched as the silent, illuminated craft moved erratically and bounced back and forth in the night sky. I mean, this so I mean, it's still this does sound like uh, almost quite like so many other sightings. It's it, I mean, the, yeah, the the similarity between this and other sightings it is remarkable. And what what makes it even more remarkable is the likelihood of. Um, of Barney and Betty having actually read or even heard of those reports is probably quite slim. Yeah. They wouldn't know all the kind of details like yeah. they know from this stuff. In fact, it seems as if, you know, uh, essentially they're not inventing something because of its similarity. Yeah, exactly. Which is so interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, basically this is where, it, where, where, yeah, where back into shit it. gets interesting. So the huge silent craft hovered approximately 80 to 100 feet above the hill's 1957 Chevrolet Bel Air and filled the entire field of view in the windshield. Whoa. It reminded Barney of a huge pancake. <laughs> carrying <laughs> he was a hungry man, Barney. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know um, carrying his pistol in his pocket, he stepped away from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. I'd have the pistol in my hand as well. That's nuts, yeah, that's cool. Um, using the binoculars, Barney claimed to have seen about 8 to 11 humanoid figures who were peering out of the craft's windows, Whoa. seeming to look at him. In unison, all but one figure moved to what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the craft. The one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message telling him to stay where you are and keep looking. Oh. Barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. Red lights on what appeared to be a bat-wing fi- oh, bat fins began to telescope outside the sides of the craft. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on there? I know, it's some something's popping out of the craft. And a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. The silent craft approached to what... There's a lot of craft in this description here, I notice. Could, they could have used some other synonyms. <laughs> um, <laughs> body estimated was within 50 to 80 feet overhead. And anyway, uh, yeah. He, he so what's going on here? What's so basically. There? Yeah, there's, there's a load of aliens. There's a, there's a lot of aliens. They're, they're looking at Barney. They're like, they're like, keep looking at me, and it, it's all getting Fucking a bit weird. Hell. But he's saying they're saying it telepathically, and then it says Barney tore the binoculars away from his eyes and ran back to his car in a near hysterical state. Shouldn't have done state. that. He's just told them not. They've just told him not don't to. Don't do look that. away, Barney. Don't look away, Barney. He said he told Betty they're going to capture us. He saw the object again shifting its location to directly above the vehicle. He drove at high speeds, telling Betty to look for the object. She rolled down the window and looked up. Almost immediately, the hills heard a rhythmic series of beeping or buzzing sounds, which they said seemed to bounce off the trunk of their vehicle. The car vibrated, and a tingling sensation passed through the hills' bodies. The hills said that at this point in time, they experienced the onset of an altered state of consciousness that Fucking left their hell. minds dulled. A second series of beeping or buzzing sounds returned the couple to full consciousness. They found that they had travelled nearly 35 miles south, but had only vague, spotty memories of that section of road. 
They recalled making a sudden unplanned turn, encountering a roadblock and observing a fiery orb in the road. Fucking hell, that's so mad. That is, that is insane. It really is something, you know. And, and afterwards, they kind of talk about um, strange things that they observed. Like she was, she, like, so, so Betty got home and realised that her dress was like ripped in weird segments, and she just sort of went to throw it away. But then some sort of compelling f- force in her mind made her sort of go and get it out of the trash again. Fucking so she kept this, uh, this dress, and it was actually tested by various different scientists throughout the years. This specific je- uh, dress. Yeah, yeah. She also had all these really weird dreams. Um, and uh, although although Barney and Betty didn't really discuss the dreams with each yeah. other, they so did. So this is 1961. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So it's gonna, yeah. This is this is mad, man. Yeah. Yeah. The first widely publicized report of an alien abduction. But under I mean, under various states of hypnosis as well, um, and, and things like that, they both sort of came out with 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 various kind of uh, stories of um, what you might call the atypical abduction story. You know, uh, everything from like yeah. probing to the idea of like analysing the human body to so that's crazy. how different you are. So do you think there's a chance that it's like it's like is everyone else since like copied copied Betty's story? Betty's story. I yeah. You know, it's uh, or, or you know what I mean because that's it's very hard to tell. She says she she says really one interesting thing as well. I suppose this is how it ends the story. In one of her dreams that she had. Um, she she sort of recalls something that she believes happened during that that lapse of consciousness in the car, and she says that um, there was a notebook that they'd given to her that these 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 uh, these humanoid figures gave to her on board the craft, and it was a notebook with all these different symbols, and they promised Betty that she could keep the the notebook after she was she was brought back. They said that she put a large uh, sorry they put a large needle into her stomach, which made Gross. her feel this like horrible pain. But then they, with a, a single wave of their hand these short little humanoid uh, figures cool. that all of her pain was immediately sort of gone. Crazy, man. I mean, this is, like I was saying before we uh, we went uh, live here, we, mm-hmm. we, I was watching the um, the Joe Rogan podcast with yeah. Tom DeLong. Or DeLonghi, is it DeLong? DeLonge. DeLonge. I don't know. I don't know. The singer of Blink-182. Don't Lazzle DeLonge. Yeah, don't Lazzle DeLonge. That's what they all say to him. <laughs> At one point, like, yeah, he's, it's like really, he's really a... Uh, uh, really into this stuff yeah really, really this, this stuff, is this yeah. is the singer from the the band the blink 182 is that correct yeah fantastic yeah i mean he's super super into it it was like very serious it's strange to see him being so serious yeah well i suppose you know you know every now and again he does sort of talk about his dick so does he oh wow just to sort of just just to <laughs> get, i know, you know i'm still That's a, nice. don't worry don't you know worry. still the same old tom um, same guy, but 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 he's actually building spaceships now. This is what that is his plan to build these fucking spaceships, man. To like build huge, like the spaceships that bend the the fabric of time what space, which fuck? he says is quite literally a fabric that you uh, can mold. I mean, it's just you know they they bend amazing. it up and and so they travel much quicker. They, he he says that that's actually one of the explanations for why. People see things in the sky when they have these experiences of UFOs that where it dots, oh, where it sort of dots and skips so quickly. He's saying that's because of this fold. Th- they're saying the technology of the craft is able to fold in such a way exactly, that it makes it yeah. look as if it's. Yeah, there's a way you can ex- uh, use it. Uh, use a piece of paper to simply show it. You wow. Know, so you know, for them, they'd see it uh, in a straight line, but for anyone observing it, it would you'd see it like there, then uh, then there, then there, not not in one continuous thing because they're quite literally folding it up. Good lord. Guide through it. Well, I, I do wish Tom all the best on his mission to build a spaceship. But it's just interesting that there's, you know, there's a <laughs> yeah. lot of, there's always, there's always a lot of UFO talk. Everyone's always talking about it, but sometimes people yeah. are talking about it more than other yeah. times. Yeah. 
I mean, it, I'd say there's been more and more talk about UFOs since, you know, the I suppose the dawn of UFO talk well, we've with had, like you know, finding Roswell or you know that being. We've had a few things as well, haven't real. we? Like, do you remember that trash planet? You used to talk about that all the time. Yeah, I mean that crazy star that's got all the, all that all that trash. It's just it's, a it's, huge. It's, it's it's a ball of cr- of trash, <laughs> except there's like one little bit space in the trash, and it makes it look like there's a constantly blinking light that's being sent to us. But actually, it's just a hole in the trash. But some people think it's what? It's some kind of like hub that contains power that's. Do they? That's, it's harvesting planets. Man. Um, I hope it is. Well, yeah. I spoke. Well, or do we? I remember. Well, uh, I mean, this is the thing. Do Uncle, you want there to be. Uncle Stevie Hawking, he, he said that. Um, he said that the one thing we shouldn't be doing is trying to communicate with extraterrestrials. He said it's virtually suicide. Unky. He said, yeah, Unky, Unky, Unky Stevesy. Yeah. He said, absolutely cut that shit right out. I believe that was a direct quote. Yeah. And, um, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, so, so, so it's quite possible. But I know we have a, an authority on the subject that we're going to talk to after the next song, which is, uh, which is a little song by Towns Van Zandt yeah. called Dead Flowers. We're going to be talking to our resident ufologist, Tag Taggart. Of uh, Tagston. Uncle Vic. Upon and Richard uh, Dagger. we're going to ask Tag what he thinks about the alien problem or, or, or situation yep. and uh, what we can do about it and how we should be thinking and feeling. I can't wait, man. In a moment. When you're sitting there in your silk upholstered chair, talking to some rich folks that you know, well, I hope you don't see me in my ragged company. All that you know, I could never be alone. Take me down, little Susie, take me down I know you think you're the queen of the underground Send me dead flowers every morning Send me dead flowers by the maid Send me dead flowers to my wedding And I won't forget to put roses on your grave Well, now when you're sitting back In your rose pink Cadillac Making bets on Kentucky Derby days I'll be in my basement room with a needle and a spoon and if other girls to take my pain away. Take me down, little Susie, take me down. 
know you think you're the queen of the underground. Send me dead flowers every morning. Send me dead flowers by the maid. Send me dead flowers to my wedding. And I won't forget to put roses on your grave. song i'm with tag this is tag time hello hello it's a great pleasure to be here i'm oh, um, very very excited i want to say thank you to you guys for having me on the show for the very first time so i want to, to uh, say thank you to my family and cousins and uh, the wider family of human beings as you know we are talking to the extraterrestrials today and uh, we so we're are. talking to the, the wider community of the uh, spatial uh, you know things in the universe and uh, i wanted to say vinim and pace for and then to introduce myself to all the aliens. So, and uh, so what have you got to say about UFOs? I want to know if you've had uh, an experience with the UFOs. Well, my friend, uh, there are many things that uh, I'm afraid I can't really talk about uh, in that respect. Um, I would love to t say some things, but uh, there are some people that I know, some things that we've been up to recently. And let's just say, you know, it's very interesting, but I can't, unfortunately, I can't really talk about this. <laughs> this is always a problem with you, because when, when we do talk to you, because of the amount you do know and where you've got your information from, you can rarely talk about those experiences. Uh, well, not at all in this case. Um, well, what about, what about any uh, experiences that you've heard of, maybe... Maybe your friends have been through. Okay, well, this is a friend. I'm just saying it's not me. It's a friend. You okay. know, it, it didn't. Uh, I like, I don't really want to say anything. But um, 
my friend of mine, you know, he said he was going out uh, one one morning uh, to go to wash the goats. And he was <laughs> sitting there, they were looking at each other, stroking. And, uh, you know, there was, yes, there was a, uh, a gray a gray man came to me and uh, he held... He held um, something shiny in his his uh, teeth. And in his teeth, good lord! Yes, uh, he he whistled closely next to my ear. Uh, and the goat turned around. He looked at me very strange, and mm. I thought this is very weird. It's always bad when you see the perturbed look of the goat. You know that things are and then shit's about to hit the and fan. And then when I looked back at the goat, I looked turned around. He's gone. So I don't. You tell me. You tell me what what that is. Well, this is your friend anyway, right? So this isn't this isn't you, right, Tag? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. And well, but look, don't. You know, I know this podcast is going out, but uh, <laughs> just please cut this. You know, we'll cu- we'll cut it all out. Uh, we'll cut it all out for you there, Tag. Thanks but can can I just ask one 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 last thing? Even though all of this will be removed, um, generally, do you think we should be trying to contact the aliens, or do you think we should leave them well alone? Well, uh, on this, uh, all I can say is, you know, be true to yourself or you'll be a fool to somebody else. So the in the great words of uh, this man, Yellow Wolf, uh, thank you, uh, American. Or something. <laughs> thank you for your, thank you for your, uh, your words of, wi- or rather Yellow Wolf's words of wisdom. No problem. Um, and, uh, and maybe with your help, we will one day. Uh, find extraterrestrial life. Thank you, Tag. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, Narok. Yes. Uh, thank thank you. you. That was Tag time. What do you think about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was great. Uh, I, I think of all the. He's an elusive character. He, he is elusive as fuck. I wasn't quite sure what character was going to manifest from the, the glossolalia of Tag's tongue. <laughs> but I'm glad it was that one. Yeah. So I could say. Um, uh, yeah, I was, I, I'm not sure if I was enlightened by Tag's theories on extraterrestrials, but I was certainly sort of excited. I was intrigued and interested. And uh, I just it's just nice to hear his voice, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know, he is, he's I a know. stallion of that. That sounds sort of lonely, doesn't it? But well, it, it is nice. a couple of lonely dudes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to some Michael Hurley on that note. Fantastic. I think this is, uh, this is called Light Green Fellow. Cool. I'm going to your house gonna knock on the door I'm going to your house gonna knock on the door then you see your light green fellow once more I'm a light green I'm a light Light green, I'm a light green fellow. There ain't nobody knows you're light green fellow. Looking all around, looking for the telephone. Looking all around, looking for the telephone. Thinking of calling you Cause I know you know Your sheets are green And 
your light is yellow Streets are green and your light is yellow Nobody knows your light Steinolstein, baby. Steinolstein. or fucking Steen. <laughs> to be honest, I've, I've, got, I've got to say, last time, I'm not really sure whether that that was a whether or not whether or not that was a true uh, test of my abilities of knowing whether it be the literary genius, R.L. Steen, <laughs> R.L. Steen, or the uh, or the hack other horror author. writer Stephen Stephen King. I'm not, I'm not sure whether or not. That was a true test of my abilities because I was just betting against whatever Alex said. Yeah, I don't know why you would bet against Filthy Al. Because I want to win, and I, I don't know, somehow sense. I felt, I don't know, that was going to happen. This time, Joe... Well, I've changed it up a little bit as well. well I'm not going to give comparisons this time. I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to give you one line. Okay. One give line. Yeah. Hit you me with your, with your, with your, your line, and I will hit you with my correct answer. All right. You know, <laughs> it, if that's let's see, let's see if you can do this. Is it R.L. Stein or is it Stevie King? Stevie, Stevie, Stevie King. <laughs> Go on, what is it? We stayed on the corner, staring across the street. Part of the roof had fallen in, all the windows were shattered, one wall had nearly caved in, the shingles on the walls and the roof had been burned black. Right, in my mind, my immediate thought is that 
there's no way that it's R.L. RL Steen because the shingles, these are like descriptions <laughs> that you'd never use to describe. He'd be like the floor panelling or something like that. It wouldn't be, or the, the sorry, sorry, the, ce- the ceiling panelling. The, the shingle, <laughs> what is a shingle? The shingles. I thought that was what you get in your in, if you don't get chicken pox. That's I might get that because I didn't get, ever have chicken pox. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that, Joe. Yeah. That's, that's Did like, you have them? I I got chicken pox when I was a kid. Yeah. So yeah. there's no fear of shingles. But but what is shing- shingles? Are roof tiles? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Sure. Or are they mollusks yeah. that hang limply to the gooey mucus of the ectoplasm? They're like uh, they're like shells. Are like they? A, it's like a plethora of shells that you kind of hang like a weird shelly blanket <laughs> across a wall. Is it actually though? You just no, fucking um, well, right. I don't know. I've, no, I've never seen that. But okay, what well, I'm going to say right now, it's it, it's 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 Stephen King. Oh, let's find out. Let's find out. It's all Ralph Steen. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> That was Man. my one chance to prove myself last thing. Why is he talking about shingles? How do you feel is about that? I feel bad about <laughs> it. And and I and I genuinely I don't think you should though, because I honestly think that um it's a I think it's a tough game. It is a tough game, but but And I don't know who's more offended, R. L. Steen or <laughs> Stephen <me>. King. <laughs> well you or me. mostly. To be honest, I just I just That was an excerpt from the blob that ate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. Uh well, there you go. That's I almost it. feel like it's a win to Alex, for a win for Filthy Al. It's for a, filthy everything's Al. a win. Everything's voice? a win for Filthy Al. Um, ah, Jesus. There you go. That's fucking, I just got I just got steamed right there. Absolutely steamed. Absolute steam house. I think that's, I'd say that's two for steam. I I I, kn- I know that this is goodbye. This, this, this is supposed to be goodbye, but I just don't feel like leaving. All right. But I think I guess. I think mean, I we can hang around for a bit. I think. Well, okay. What have we learned today, Joe? Well, I've <laughs> I've learned from Tom that making a movie um, oh, is hard very work. hard. It's I hard mean, hard he's, he needs thirty-five grand. Oh, he's got fourteen of it. I mean, that's still su- such. It's still such a like magnificent sort I'd of feat s- to I'd be, be s- able to be so impressed. get fifteen grand. Well, fourteen fourteen thousand seventy-six. He's got today. No, I'm sure it will go up. Totally. I'm sure oh, something. Sorry, our studio audience is trying to communicate with Joe in some shape or form. I don't know what that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. What's read going it. on? I'm gonna read it. It says, bum, bum, bum. "No one has walked on the moon for 45 years." Oh, is this a Stein or Steen? It's a fun fact. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> it's a fun I thought, fact. It's thought a fun it might have been Stephen today. King that said that, or it might have been R.L. Steen that said that. <laughs> um, <laughs> nobody's walked on the moon for 45 years. Okay. I'm not sure what to do with when that. When will they do it again? I I don't know, Joe. What do you reckon? I don't <laughs> think they'll bother. I just don't <laughs> think they'll bother. With the but, you know, maybe I that's... Uh, no, so I, I want to know what Tom... De- I've, I've also learned here. today that Tom DeLong is either the most <laughs> revolutionary man of sort of maybe human history <laughs> or, I don't know, completely mad. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, God, but God I bless him. But I would say go out and see yeah. his... Uh, um, you know... I'd what he's got going now. I think it's called To the Stars. I never thought there would be a day where I would I'd be I'd praise the work of anyone in uh, Blink One Eighty Two, but but I I I want to give mad props to anyone who's willing to spend time and effort on uh, on discovering um, the great mysteries uh, of this world. Yeah, I know it is pretty mad that you he's know. out there doing it. I mean, that's you, you've cool. got to see his crew as well. His crew you know, is like these bad boy ministers. They're all bad, bad top of the game, bad boy scientists, U.S. military. 
bad boys. You know, I'm not convinced that aliens are aliens, Joe. I think I might have mentioned this on the show before. At least I've mentioned it to you before. I, I think I think maybe uh, I think I mentioned this on the last episode briefly. Actually, I think maybe that goblins, dragons, aliens, and ghosts are all the same phenomena, and I'm not sure they are if they do indeed exist. Um, simply creatures that live on different planets that have come to visit us. I think we're talking interdimensional DMT yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, uh, that would, I mean, interdimensional kind of fits in as well. I it think does, so. but it doesn't simply mean a different species from our... For instance, the reptilian race would be like, uh, you know, Tag Tag says he, he likes what... Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. There, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the idea that like you know, like ultraviolet. Like we can't see this color that's all yeah, around us at all times. Absolutely, time. yeah. That we're not, we're not. We're and not then the different, the different sort of variations of how far we can go with these ideas of um, not only physically what we can see or what we can't see because of, for instance, just light. But then we talk about even perception in itself. Um, what maybe some people are have more abilities the and more higher sense of perception than others. They're more in tune. More in tune to certain frequencies, it's easier to pick up. I think though I think that's what's remarkable and in fact you mentioned it earlier during story time when we were talking about uh, Betty. Uh, we, yeah. we we were talking about the idea of there being these these great similarities between different alien experiences. And you know Whitley mm. Stryber, who arguably is probably one of the main dudes to properly sort of popularize um, theories of like alien abduction, his own experiences. Yeah, you know, he, his descriptions are of the of the typical grey alien with the sort of the wide kind of you know seed like face with the big eyes. Right. But he describes him smoking like Marlboro Reds outside his window all the time and shit like that. Yeah, see that's it that's doesn't all fit. That's kind of cool though. I like it is kind of interesting smoking smoking greys. Yeah, but but they would you know, smoke Marley Reds. But everyone's got their own little variation of uh, of the story. Yeah. I remember there's one that Whitley Stryber tells. He he, he recounts um, a woman who um, went for a picnic with her with a with her boyfriend in the woods or something, and she sort of went off for you know to do something or whatever and uh, and then sort of 3 hours later she comes back with sort of you know her clothes all sort of disarray or whatever and the last thing she remembers was uh was was just seeing a sort of beautiful deer staring at her from across the forest wow it's like this kind of and and she's got like a little mark on her leg like a little burn mark like something mysterious has occurred wow. and those things fit the bill more for people's <sighs> weird reoccurring sort of motives. but then what about a man like uh, like Paul Hellyer he was a Canadian Minister of Defence for 20 years, something like that. 20 years he was the Minister of Defence in Canada. And then after his retirement from that position, he he started coming out with um, what he believes is evidence for at least five different species of alien that have been... Oh, is that the Nordic... Is it like stuff like that? Yeah, you've got like the a blonde, tall white. The blonde-haired, blue-eyed, blue the tall white. Yeah, but there's like at least five. But, I mean... You can find videos of him on on YouTube, but it's it's obviously this kind of thing. When when it's high-ranking officials, it gives it gravity. But are, are these just high-ranking officials that also happen to once they retire be like, oh, but I, I really believe this. I'm just going to get into I it. I think it's, it's troubling, though. I don't think I don't think being a high-ranking official makes some, something more or less believable. But In it fact, I think I'd, it I'd, does. I'd be, I'd be more likely to to to, um, to 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 believe someone like you know uh, Betty. But wouldn't, story. but wouldn't a, a high-ranking military official have a better 
insight to maybe some sort of classified documentation. You'd think, but I don't know. But what does that mean? I I I, well, I, I always feel like basically the people who are. I'd say a lot of I'd say a lot of like um, classified stuff anyway was like sort of. There's a chance like uh, it's it's still trash. Mm. You know you know how sort of conspiracy nuts like w- on YouTube will just sort of watch anything and, yeah, and they'll literally and they'll just, just go, yeah, that's b- yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's probably a lot of that in the military, especially early on where it was classified and then they were like, wait a minute, this is absolute mm. trash. Mm. Uh, mm. But there is definitely things being classified. I mean, this isn't, this is a fact. Mm. Things are, even I even in the next few days, we've got, what have we got being unclassified? The JFK oh, files. Oh, the JFK there, files, sort of yeah, around yeah. There. I mean, the one thing that, that always always uh, sort of reoccurs in my mind, I think it happened in the... Why uh, would there be classifications if well, there wasn't something to... N- there's always this sort of political red tape on everything, isn't there? But, Must but be I, a reason. I don't, I don't know. Of course, of course. I'm not trying to shoot down the idea. I mean, th- there's definitely stuff that's being hidden. For instance, you know, there's, there's something that happened in Russia. It was an event called uh, Dyatlov Pass. They called right. it the Dyatlov Pass incident. I think it happened maybe in the sort of mid-60s, maybe sort of 65 uh, correct me, any listeners, if I've got that wrong. It's not a ginger nut biscuit, um, but <laughs> still correct me. Was it tonight? It's not a ginger nut biscuit. T- tonight with podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. But basically, Jatlov Pass, group of um, hikers slash skiers went up a mountain in Russia on a little sort of expedition, and um, they, uh, they were supposed to come back five days later. They didn't, um, so a search party was sent out there, and, um, and what they found was their camp. They'd been camped in this really unusual place. Um, they'd basically set up their tents in a place where you'd never usually set up your tents because it's right underneath a mountain top. Right. Their uh, their tents had been crushed uh, oh. by s- some sort of weight that seemed like a car accident. It seemed like a the force of a car had physically moved into their tents. They had been cut open from the inside. I think people's I remember this. People's tongues were missing. Um, every uh, men were wearing women's clothing, and women were, me- were wearing some of the men's that clothing. That's And there were footprints that led off into the distance, going nowhere. Unless they were just, of course, just having a little party. Or having a fucking crazy party. A We've bloody good there. one, it sounds We've like. We've been there. Um, but but their chests also had the impact wounds on their body of this kind of physical sort of car accident force. Right. And even weirder, you know, this whole red tape we're talking about, political red tape. The Russians wouldn't let the families look at the bodies, even during open w- what's supposed to have been open casket um, yeah. uh, sort of funerals. And one of the one of the families did get to see the body, and apparently it was completely sort of Donald Trump orange. <laughs> so you know, I mean, fucking I mean, hell. was it radiation? Was it was it a nuclear attack? The last diary was it too much sunny day? Was it too much sunny day? As well, you know, we, we've all been there as well. I think we keep um, talking about sunny day. <laughs> I know, so it's it's like the kind of yeah reoccurring motif of our lives. Where does that isn't it? come from? Um, but but no spooky stuff. What was going on? Government yeah, no, issues. Super spooky. Alien event, super but this spooky. is it. This is what makes it UFO. Is that basically the diary was intact of of the main uh, leader of the the, the, the hiking team, mm. and um, he had the last entry in the diary he described seeing very similar to Betty in story time. And earlier. Barney. A uh, 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 Betty and Barney. Yeah, that's right. Um, he he recalls seeing a, a flaming uh, sort of ball of fire uh, in the sky above the mountain. Cray cray. On that note, sleep yes. tight. Sleep tight, everyone. See you next episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's listen to Tag's uh, original song. From let's listen to uh, the 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 fishy ballad. Yeah, the fishy ballad. Good night. Uh, I've been Bob. I've been Joe. He's Joe. Godspeed. Godspeed. Yes. Very nice. I give it a little kiss.
the fishy, the frishy, frishy little fishy, giving it a kiss on the little fishy, on the little dishy. Let it out. Whoa, it's that loud. Yes. Original, original sound Whoa. with the fishy on the dishy. 